It's a 16 by 9 aspect ratio cartoon. <laughs> Everything in it. I was thinking that the whole time. That Yeah, it looks great. I almost wish I didn't watch it on like my 13-inch laptop screen. <laughs> <laughs> everyone to Krypton to Alderaan. I'm Joey, your Star Wars lover, and with me is Royish Good Looks. Hello, Joey. Hello, podcast. Hello. And we're the podcast that, dare I say it, analyzes all kinds of nerdy pop culture stuff, <laughs> but it's mostly Star Wars. You know, I like that little tweak. I like that little tweak in there, analyzes. I really like analyzing this stuff. And boy, do we have one to analyze this time, I think. This episode, we are here to talk about The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3, The Solitary Clone. And this is usually the part in the podcast where I say, but first... If you want to get in touch with us, reach out with your feelings, and it's all cute, and it's all fun, and go back to listen to past episodes to hear me say that. But this time, I'm just going to give a simple call to action. Very simple. Just do one thing for us. Interact with us. Come on Twitter. Search at Krypton Alderaan. Find us on Twitter. Follow us. And let me know what you thought of this episode. We're going to let you know what we thought of this episode. And I would love to hear what you thought of this episode. And... That's easy peasy. One thing. That's all you got to do. Go to Twitter, find us, tweet, bada boom. Bob's your uncle. What do you think? I think that's great. And I'm going to also tweet at us and I'm going to leave some exclusive opinions that you'll only be able to consume on the Krypton to Alder on Twitter. How's that? Wow. It's like having a Patreon, but it's free. There you go. All you got to do is seek us out. So, Bruce, how you doing? Before we get into the episode, I want to know how you are. And so does everyone else. (laughs) I am doing pretty good. I am still working on lots of music. In fact, I was working on music yesterday and today. Any day I can work on music is a good day, even though I was complaining to you off air of my voice not sounding good. (laughs) Not not good enough to sing today, but good enough to podcast. So here we are and Bob's your uncle. How how are you, Joey? I'm doing fine. Fine. I'm still kind of sick. I'm not really, quote unquote, taking it easy. So I'm not, quote unquote, fully recovered. But um, I got tea here again, and we're just kind of getting through it. I got a lot of work to do and catch up on. I also like got some fun stuff that I want to use. And I got sick of being sick and just laying around and not using it like a new pizza oven. And I made pizzas last night and it's dope as hell. That pizza so. looks good. It looked good. Can confirm. Looked good. Don't know how it tasted. <laughs> looked good, though. <laughs> and there you have it. That's your update on us. We know you all care. We're hanging in there. <laughs> we care about you. Find us on Twitter. Okay. The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3, The Solitary Clone. Here's a little self-made synopsis. Crosshair is back on duty, having spent 32 days stranded on Camino after the destruction of Topoka City. Crosshair is back in action. His first mission, traveling to the Separatist planet Desix to free a captive Imperial officer and ensure that Desix falls under Imperial control by any means necessary. But are there other elements at play? The clone commander in charge of this mission, none other than Commander Cody, may be starting to question the Empire's true intentions. 
Put that on the DVD box set. <laughs> I love that. Go watch the episode. Maybe my synopsis from here on out is going to be like, just go watch the episode. And of course, we <laughs> all remember Commander Cody, right? He, at this point, believes that he killed Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's so gnarly. He was Obi-Wan Kenobi's right-hand man. Without hesitation. Yeah, he did not hesitate to commit Order 66. And he might have made it clear this episode that he's starting to regret it. That's what makes them different Mm. than battle droids. Mm. So, Royce, last episode, by the end, you were saying that you would be surprised if this was sort of another content-heavy, quote-unquote, episode, and you didn't want them to necessarily return to the Villain of the Week episode. I think this episode was very interesting from that point of view. So I want to ask you, was this episode to you a Villain of the Week episode? Yeah, funny. Like, Crosshair is the villain, I feel like. If, If it's a Villain of the Week, it was Crosshair. I wouldn't say the villain was, like, the governor, you know? They were, like, the victim, if anything. And very interesting that I didn't even realize the Bad Batch wasn't in it until like five minutes before we recorded this podcast. So Mm. like, well done, writing (laughs) team. Because I didn't notice that you said before we started recording, this episode took a left turn. And it's like, we're not with the main gang. The tone of the theme of the episode is, you know, very dark and total opposite end of what we got in the first one. The colorful, upbeat, the gangs back together. Now we're with Crosshair, who is so miserable. But yeah. I, I didn't mind. I didn't think it was like, oh, f- skip that episode, go to the next one. You had to watch this one because there was a lot of character building between him uh, with Cody, you know, the general clone uh, ambiance that's going on. Rampart still like making his waves in the Empire. So I was totally satisfied and it, that it wasn't like a total throwaway, but it was different and still world building. You had said people were saying this was the best episode. It was a solid episode. I, again, no complaints. So that's yeah. where I'm at with it. What is, What was your takeaway? Because you were mentioning the tonal shift being a big perk, right? It was the first, it was again, going into this episode, it was the first thing I noticed. Like we, the first shot in the episode is of the planet Desix. And it's just the exact opposite of the planet we're on in the first episode of this season. The colors shift, the darker colors, the somber music. Yeah, it all came together as, I think, like a second premiere. Like the the first premiere that we watched last week was the Bad Batch premiere, and this was the Crosshair premiere. It felt very like that to me. These are kind of the same episodes with the different sections of characters within this show. And it was great to see. Hey, if you find us on Twitter, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've had an episode of this show yet where we didn't see the rest of Clone Force 99. We didn't see, like, the main gang. That is also something that really stuck out to me about this episode. Yeah, yeah. I love that you're posing it as, like, a second premiere, like, very important episode, but on different characters. I'm just glad it wasn't about a goddamn fly the whole time. (laughs) No hating on Ryan Johnson. (laughs) So, uh, interesting note about the colors. I thought it was really interesting that Crosshair gets assigned to Cody and he's like, I didn't even recognize you. Cody takes his helmet off and he's in like the boring white uniform, you know? So very interesting. And Crosshair still has his like rogue Clone Force 99 uniform on. So Crosshair still has some individuality within the Empire that other clones do not have. I thought that was interesting. We talked about how the Bad Batch had repainted their armor, you know? Mm -hmm. That episode was colorful. The Bad Batch, like, are expressing themselves even further. 
and here's Commander Cody, plain white uniform, you know, blending right in. His armor, the color has been removed from his armor. And I'm pretty sure that that color was yellow. And so they've removed the color. They removed all sense of like color and identity from Cody, like you're saying, but use that color palette on the bad batches, like the the main crew's new painted armor, which is not something I thought of until just now, but is I'm really loving this, like the sides, like in so many Star Wars, right? We're like the bringing the dark side to the light side, which I guess is happening here to some extent. We'll see by the end of this episode, but it also feels so much like those things are pushing apart, right? What it means to be good and bad, like the gap between those are getting bigger when they make choices like that, which, which I think tells a really interesting story, ends up telling a really interesting story. Right. Totally agree. So not only was it like, okay, cool. Cody's back. He's got his like whitewashed uniform and they're sort of setting up that maybe he's like, he's trying to see how Crosshair feels about the Empire. But they threw me for a loop. Maybe I'm the only one, but initially they were like, Crosshair, you're going to be assigned a new commander. And he's like, who? And they're like, we're not telling you or something. Like they were very coy about who he was going to be assigned to. And for some reason I was like, dude, is it going to be like Vader? Like, is that going to be a big reveal? Mm. I don't know if they read Commander Cody's, like, uh, you know, serial number or whatever, and that already gave it away. I know he was in some of the the previews, I think. But for a second, I was like, is that going to be Vader? Like, who are they saying Crosshair is now going to have a new commander, you know? Yeah, yeah. They didn't say Cody's number. And I wasn't sure who it was going to be until Rampart told Crosshair to be at the memorial. And then I remembered the scene from the trailer that at that memorial... Yeah. So I knew it was going to be Cody then. But that is the scene from the trailer, and you mentioned it a little bit, when Cody says to Crosshair, rumor is more clones have been questioning the order. And from the trailer, it certainly seemed like that was meaning that Cody was questioning it too. When he says, when he delivers that line in the show, it didn't feel that way to me. But then he gives like Crosshair some side eye to be like, eh? He prefaces it all by saying, I heard the rest of Clone Force 99 did not react to Order 66. So when he says rumor is more clones have been questioning the Order and he gives Crosshair a little side eye, I saw it as like a test. Like, are you here? Are you still working with the rest of Clone Force 99 as deserters, as rebels to the Empire? But you're there like inside man. That's the way I read all that. He was doing a little recon. Yeah, yeah. So from the get-go, it was Cody is questioning what's going on and testing Crosshair, which should have been very sad. It should have been very sad, I think, in that scene because we know Cody's history with Obi-Wan. But it wasn't sad to me until the end of the episode that we'll get to talking about Cody. It didn't hit me in this scene, but it hit me at the end. One thing that happens early in this episode that they make a point of saying that stuck out is very important to me is Crosshair wakes up, he's looking rough, looks like he's had a rough time, and he wakes up and he goes to the mess hall, and we hear other clones, they're talking about the defense recruiter bill, and one of them says, we best hope it doesn't pass for our sakes. And I assume, I I don't know if we know what the defense recruiter bill is, I don't know if it's in like extra material or comic books or something like that. I've never heard that 
phrase. That's my favorite legend story that they're finally <laughs> bringing into canon. Yeah. Um, but it was really interesting to me that the that those clones like still want to be the soldiers. They still want to be these soldiers. I assume the defense recruiter bill is some kind of like draft or conscription soldier recruitment that will, you know, bring in the people of the, the Empire, the people of the galaxy under the Empire, and phase out the clones. But there are clones there who are still committed to being soldiers. They don't want this bill to go through because they still want to work for the Empire. I thought that was really interesting. It seems another thing that is kind of too obvious, like this is probably going to mean more as this season progresses. Did you catch that little interaction? I didn't catch the that bill announcement or whatever, but obviously that fits in with a lot of the things they've been setting up on the show. Is like, what happens to the clones? And it, that's a hanging chad in between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy. Like, they're stormtroopers in the originals, but they're clones in the prequels, you know? So, like, without this backstory, this is, like, one of those classic Star Wars gaps that they have to fill in. And I think it's it's really cool that they're dropping like Easter eggs there. Like there's a bill yeah. and they're going to draft new people. And, you know, especially in animation, you see all the different variants of the clones and the TK troopers or whatever. They got real goofy looking masks. And Cody looks at them at the end or something. When they're flying away, he like looks at Rampart and all the other troopers. He's definitely yeah. got a look that's like, they're not like real clones or whatever, like he knows, or I don't know if those are clones or not, but he kind of gives them a look like, I don't respect you. So I have a theory about that scene, or at least I know how I felt watching that scene. And it was like Cody coming to terms with what's going to happen for him next. Cody and Crosshair are loading up onto their Imperial shuttle and a new Imperial shuttle is coming in. I think that was a very obvious way of saying the clones are out. The clones are getting in their Imperial shuttle. They're leaving. They're out. The conscription soldiers are coming in. So we don't we yeah. don't know. The show doesn't show us, but I read that as these are people. These are soldiers that they've recruited. There's no clones in that new group that has landed. So yeah, Cody not only having regrets about what the Empire is doing, but starting to see more and more that the Empire doesn't give a shit about them. They're being replaced. And we talked last episode so much about the future of the clones and seeing, getting to see what happens to the clones. And it certainly, we're, we're three episodes into the season and it's 16 episodes long, but it seems like that's where we're going here, I think. I'm getting excited, man. You can't hear it on the podcast, but I'm nodding <laughs> right along, man. <laughs> it also made me, this was the first episode where I started to think about it. It made me a little bit sad because the Clone Wars, I fell in love with the clones because of that show. And I'm very emotionally invested into the clones. And in this episode, it hit me that eventually their story will end. Eventually, the clones, one way or another, whether they go out in a blaze of glory or they're still like out in the galaxy living their lives if they survive and stuff, either way, their stories come to a close. Clones. <clears throat> uh, so that's very sad to me because I love those characters so much and I don't want to see them go. I think that was originally Ryan Johnson's pitch for uh, the sequel to Force Awakens, the uh, the last clone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, keep making fun of Ryan Johnson. You're right, though. They're gonna there's gonna be the last clone. You know, is it gonna yeah. be Crosshair or you know some other random dude that's like, I am the one last guy here. You know, someone that's yeah. on Endor 
And they're like, whoa, there's Rex, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Rex is the last man standing. Yeah. Who knows? Mm. But speaking of themes that are kind of going through these episodes so far, I there was something else I found very interesting that I wouldn't have expected for them to be touching on. But so we're we're on Desix, which was this uh, separatist planet. And we meet Governor Tawny Ames, who's in charge. Governors, I guess, in the Star Wars galaxy, governors run the whole planet. Makes sense. So anyway... She's in charge of Desix. The Empire wants control of it. She's like holding out. They don't want to be controlled by the Empire. And that's where the conflict of the episode starts. Fast forward to where Cody and Crosshair have infiltrated her like office and they're after the Imperial officer that, that she's holding hostage. When she encounters them, Cody w- wants to make a peaceful resolution to this little not little, but to this conflict that they're having. And she starts to talk about peace. And she says that she believed in peace once, but not anymore. And that during the Clo Wars, she worked with Mina Bonteri to make a peace treaty between the separatists and the Republic that they took to the Senate and the uh, Supreme Chancellor denied. So there's a lot going on there. It's a direct tie to the Clone Wars series. We actually see that happening in the Clone Wars series. There are a series of episodes where Padme Amidala goes to meet with Mina Bonteri about this peace treaty, and she brings Ahsoka along, and the whole premise of it is to show Ahsoka that the Separatists are people as well, because Ahsoka, at that point, on the side of the Jedi, fighting for the Republic, believing that the Separatists are their enemy and that they're wrong and that they're all bad people. That's like the thing. Right. But Padme brings her along to see, to observe, and see that like the Separatists are just people. They're doing what they believe to be right. They think that we are the enemy and the bad people, blah, 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 kind of bridging the gap, which seems to be bleeding over into this show. We're seeing these like, in that, in the instance of the scene I'm talking about, we're seeing Cody kind of come to terms with with that whole idea. Like, we were fighting these people. He says, we both just fought a war. Let's not start another one. In the premiere, like we talked about last week, we see Tech talking with the Serenian about, like, separatists being people. This is my cultural archive. And it happens a little bit in season one where they have to go rescue the separatist leader from the Empire. So it's great that they're bridging the gap from the Clone Wars in that way, but it's really interesting that we're sort of not necessarily building the worlds, but building the minds of the characters in the worlds. Yeah, they're not just like, you're captured, now you're free. It's like there's the gray lines in between why those things are happening. I really liked that Cody was like appealing to her and he's like, listen, we're either going to like bombard your planet, like we bombard our own bases, lady, like we'll bombard your planet. You know, uh, so yeah, yeah. just roll with it. I thought that was really interesting that he's like, if you want peace, just give up. And like, I can spare your life or whatever. He thinks that he can at least kind of finagle a peaceful transition there because that's what the Empire is supposed to be doing is just installing new governors to maintain order. And then, you know, she's immediately ordered to be executed. And she says, so much for peace, huh? And like, that's the big yeah. question that, you know, the Bad Batch seems to be asking, you know, this life after war and in between this kind of turning of the tides of who's in control, which is like, dude, get ready for the soapbox. 
Are you who's ready for Roy to get on the soapbox? <laughs> New segment, Roy's soapbox. You know, we we hearken back to this like, oh, we can't, we shouldn't call it a cartoon. We shouldn't downplay it. Say it's just for kids. Like, I don't want to like belabor the political stuff because like that's not really where my head goes. Like, I like adventures and I want to feel like I can be special in the galaxy and have superpowers and like use that to make the world better. But man, they are bringing some heavy concepts in to a, you know, quote unquote, children's animated series, which is like not what cartoons do. So this is the soapbox mm. thing. Like you have a cartoon, you've got Simpsons or Bob Burgers. Like by the end of the episode, like they sometimes learn a lesson, but it's not always like a lesson that evolves through the course of the show that they carry with them. It's kind of like a self-contained thing. And they probably forget about it by the next... Yeah, there's no continuity. Yeah. By the next episode, Homer's a homophobic, you know, alcoholic again. Even though he's gone yeah. through AA multiple times and he's learned that gay people are people... Like, they end up having to go through the same character arcs over and over. But then here you have the Bad Batch, this kid's show, and like people are leaving factions of governments to like rebel against them. It's like such a heavy concept. Again, I don't want to like go down the rabbit hole because it really... I think it does almost get too heavy at times. With this theme and like themes from Andor, like the oppressive nature of Star Wars can get very oppressive. It's way different from the like, I'm Rey and I, I want to like take on the whole empire myself. Like that's a totally different avenue. But this is a kid's show, right? Or is it not? You know, it's so interesting that they're hitting these themes so hard and posing these very large questions. Yeah. And I would argue, I think you bring up a great point. The themes of like the sequel trilogy are much lighter, maybe, than the themes of these animated shows. People are rising up all over the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's much, maybe, maybe there's much, maybe like hope is the main theme of the movies and the shows and even the animated shows are allowed to get deeper. I think there's a couple of things there. This just points to animation being so much more than people think because we do think of the Simpsons. We think of the Saturday morning cartoons. I don't want to generalize, but stuff like that. I suppose Simpsons and Bob Burgers are not necessarily kids cartoons either, technically. Right, but they're a whole, it's it's a whole other genre, mm -hmm. right? It's like these uh, discontinuous, we watch sitcom. the Simpsons as kids, but if you watch, yeah, it's an animated sitcom. Whereas this is like political and deep and very in I, I think like the definition of Star Wars I think we have this podcast we love Star Wars <laughs> we love talking about Star Wars I love George Lucas but I think one of the worst things he ever did was say publicly Star Wars is for kids regardless of like taking that quote out of context he was you know frustrated with people being mad at the prequel trilogy but mm. like there's so much more to it. Like Star Wars, we talk about Star Wars is for everyone. I wish it were, but it's not in that sense. Saying that Star Wars is for kids it just like reinforces some of these stereotypes, especially with animation. You know, it, it's hard to peel ourselves away from that. We have to start think, stop thinking about it that way. But when you have a scene like that in that tower with Cody trying to calm things down and the Imperial officer ordering this governor's executions. Two executions. Two executions so far. Yeah. And Crosshair just pulls the trigger. Good so good soldiers follow orders. I, I mean, it is heavy. Eventually, we're going to have to stop talking about this in terms of like animated versus live action. 
It's just Star Wars and, and things are transcending the boundaries between these two different mediums at this point. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw my tweet. I think it was at like 4 a.m. I couldn't sleep and I was up watching YouTube videos <laughs> and chirp wheeling. And uh, I watched Star Wars Explained had a video called like, you can't skip the animated Star Wars yeah. show, something like that. And I saw that. Uh, it's a short video. And obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you already watch animation. So we're just in our own echo chamber anyway. But <laughs> it was a great video. And he was, you know, he said how he wasn't into it initially and wrote it off and then got into it. And then he gives the stats of all of the hours of screen time animation versus live action. And he's like, yeah. there's 22 hours of Star Wars films and 27 of live action TV series so far. And there's a hundred of animation that there's <laughs> right, twice right. as much animated Star Wars as live action Star Wars. And man, this was just another like nail in the coffin for me to like, dude, I guess like Star Wars is like the animated thing. If you really want to get into the universe, there's more stuff. I mean, maybe they're only 20 minute episodes, so it's not necessarily, but the amount of stories that you can get from animation versus live action is like interesting that there's double. So it's yeah. obviously important. And especially the stories that they're telling now being kind of like mature and deep rooted. Although I want to push mm -hmm. back on you a little bit. Like Star Wars has to be for kids to some degree. Like Andor is definitely not for kids. Right, right. Sure. Uh, there's there's maturity level differences in the end. Like that's up to the parents to gauge what those definitions are. But I sure. think that it, it really comes like Star Wars is for everyone there might be some stuff that you hold back until you're comfortable with your whatever, right. whatever those rules are, whatever those, whatever your values right. are in that sense. But strictly speak, I mean, it just goes back to something we've talked about a million times. I don't want to harp on it too much, but like animation deserves more respect than it gets. And yeah. this episode in particular, I think really shows that on its face, like again, we had no tie to the fun characters there are fun hijinks that happen no the last time you and i spoke about the premiere we were talking about the humor of it the comedic relief echo hmm. and tech are wow. funny together yeah, yeah none of that this right. episode it's completely different so in that way it's showing both right? right it's showing like this is more for the premiere episode is is more this and this episode is a little bit deeper and more darker yeah interesting how expansive it really is like the tone like you said tonally yeah i, I didn't even think yeah. about that that last episode was like funny too and this was mm -hmm. not funny you know yeah yeah so we struck on something a little bit there that i brought up twice so far and i think we should make it we should make it maybe like a segment or a tally or remember to bring it up from now on. I think we should have a new part called Good Soldiers Follow Orders. <laughs> As, because everyone's starting to, all the clones are starting to question that. And we're, we're again, we're leading into this, like, what does, what does it mean? What does the in inhibitor chip do? All that stuff we talked about last time. But we see that question. That might be like another main question of this series going forward. We see that question rattling around inside of Cody this entire episode until he finally makes a decision. He finally is like, oh, well, I guess that means Crosshair is not a undercover rebel in this regime. He just followed this order. I think that that's the point that like finally convinces Cody. I love that scene when Cody is talking to Crosshair towards the end of the episode and he's like, man, this new empire, like, are we even like 
making the galaxy a better place. Crosshair says something like, yeah, the good soldiers follow orders or we, we do what needs to be done, something like that. Yeah. And that's when he's like, yeah, but we can still make our own decisions. And they, they don't show it on screen, but they allude that he's gone AWOL or whatnot. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about it like that, that he saw how over the hill Crosshair was and he was like, all right, I got to get out of here. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. He says, you know, what's the diff? You know what makes the difference between us and battle droids? We can make our own decisions, which I don't know for a fact, but it feels it. It sounds like to me that that has been said before. Hmm. I think that that might that direct line might actually come from the Clone Wars. Like it, this is what separates us from battle droids kind of thing. Maybe Rex or somebody said that to him and he's using it here. I wouldn't be ah. surprised if that were the case. It sounds very familiar to me. But there's one more stinger after that where he goes, we can make our own choices and we have to live with them too. Yeah, yeah. And they show Crosshair sitting in his bunk and you're like, mm, I don't know, is he regretting his life choices or not? You know, this is like really great ambiguity and like yeah. tension for a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Two things with that particular scene. One is that that is when I felt sad for Cody. He thinks he killed Obi-Wan. All of that, the weight of that regret is on him now and on me. That's when I felt sad. And I've seen Cody through the Clone Wars show, right? He's always there in the Clone Wars show. I've like gotten to know him so much more than like in the prequels. He didn't really kill Obi-Wan though. Like lift the weight off but his shoulders. But he thinks he did. Yeah. But he thinks he did. That's the sad part. And two, that scene when Cro Cody says that and then Crosshair wakes up in his bunk and we see like, is he starting to regret? Is he? Is some of this starting to sink in? I did not want a redemption arc for Crosshair throughout the entire first season of this show. I did not want it. I actively did not want it. I was like, these... I'm done with redemption arcs. Let's play this game. Let's like make this guy the villain. In that moment of this episode might have changed my mind. And it's incredible that it can do that with one moment in one episode of this show where I had 16 in the previous season where I was like, I don't want this to happen, but they changed, they might have changed my mind in one fraction of a second just by like showing me him ruminating on that idea of living with your decisions, you know? It's such strong storytelling. I could talk about it forever. Yeah. And we will at least 14 more times. I'm impressed. Like, it, it was not a crypto, you know? It wasn't a fly. It was, it was a <laughs> pretty good one. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And it was very action-y. Oh, yeah, action we didn't even, throughout. we didn't get into the action. But yeah, there was, I mean, the, the whole, you know, first act was like them tearing it up with battle droids. It was such a pew-pew Star Wars, but it was also so deep. And the one scene that really sticks out in my mind is Crosshair just sitting there taking out the battle droids on the tank. And the tanks, he's not ducking behind cover. Not flinching. He's yeah. the, the tanks shooting bullet tank bullets, whatever, <laughs> at him. And they're going off all around him. And he's just standing there. I was like, this is a badass scene. Yeah, he, he had nerves of steel there. Yeah. Very cool. Going along with the action stuff in this episode. I, I I can't not at least mention the last shot of Desix where, like we said, the new Imperial transport is coming in. We pan out and we see like the governor office and the Star Destroyer in the atmosphere. It just looked incredible as like eerie as it was. Somber music playing, very eerie. We know the Empire has won that day, mm. but it's just was an amazing shot. Like, I don't want to call it beautiful, 
because <laughs> it hurts, kind of hurts to say it, but it was just an incredible shot. Everything in the show, it's a 16 by 9 aspect ratio <laughs> cartoon. Everything in it, I was thinking that the whole time that that episode, they clearly directed it to look specifically cinematic. Like most of the episodes look that way, but the battle sequences and those wider shots, like, yeah, it looks great. I almost wish I didn't watch it on like my 13 inch like laptop screen. Uh, <laughs> I'm still watching them over breakfast, by the way, in case anyone was wondering. You got your cereal and you got your laptop and you got a cat in your lamp. And you know what? There's no better way. It's part of a balanced diet. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I eat mine with chips on the couch. I watch, <laughs> I watch mine with, <laughs> I watch mine with chips on the couch. News segment. Everyone's favorite news segment. Not so surprising question time. Where do we think <laughs> where do we think Cody goes? Do we think Cody goes off somewhere to live a solitary life? Does he seek out Rex? Does he want to make amends? What do we think? What do you think? Did you think about it? Yeah. I mean, the, the words that he tells Crosshair are clearly like he's thinking these things for himself. Like you said, thinking about Obi-Wan or decisions he made, even though he's trying to like project that on the crosshair. Man, I would imagine that, yeah, he wants to like walk away, period. But they wouldn't have put him, they could have had any other clone in that position. If it's Cody, because he's got a backstory and they'll probably bring him back. But I don't think we'll see him for a couple of episodes. Like there's going to be a connecting of the dots between the Bad Batch, Cody and Rex. How they do that though, what third party connects them all? You know, it, it has to be a scene like, uh, you know, season two Mandalorian where Bo-Katan's like, you have to go see the Jedi, Ahsoka. Woo! <laughs> the crowd goes wild. You know, like that's, you know, it's going to be Sid or Sid's, you know, Wanda Sykes or whatever that they're like, there's a clown here that's been asking about you guys. I don't know how they mm. shoehorn it in, but I sure hope that it, they don't just write him off. Because like you said, he's got the backstory if they want to continue to go in depth. Like they could explore some of that. He could have a conversation with Rex, you know, and be like, I killed Obi-Wan. And Rex could be like, actually, mm. you know, like there could be so many other uh, loose ends that we could start to like tie together here. Yeah. Is that too crazy? Yeah. What do you think? No, I I don't think that's too crazy. I mean, it's all speculation at this point anyway, but I don't think that that's too crazy. I do think, I think that he will just go off and be sad Cody for a while and not want to do anything. Just go exist somewhere. He's going to have to get pulled back into the fight, you think? Yeah, that's what I think. Mm. I think like Rex is going to find him. He's going to need the Bad Batch's help to recruit Cody to their cause. I think first Rex is going to have to do his work recruiting the Bad Batch to whatever cause they're starting. Like Rex is obviously like working more at this than the Bad Batch is and Echo's trying to get them on board with doing something more important than what they're doing. So I think there's like levels of recruitment, but I think that Cody's going to have to be pulled in mm. to whatever is going on. He's going to be like, I did terrible things and Rex is going to have to be like, well, then do something about it. Yeah. You know, mm. but I don't think that Cody makes it through Ooh. to the end. I think at some point we're going to see... And it's very sad to think about, again, even though he tried to kill Obi-Wan, I don't think Cody's going to make it. So we'll see how that mm. goes. He's not, he's not with Rex when we see Rex again in Rebels. Uh, we don't 
he's not in Obi-Wan, although that would be great if there's another season of Obi-Wan seeing them reconnect. I would love that. But I don't know if Cody... It might be the heartbreak of the season, I think. Wow, man. But I hope not, but man. maybe. <laughs> this is too heavy for a, for a cartoon, Joey. <laughs> All right, that's the title of the episode. Too heavy for a cartoon? Question mark, exclamation point. <laughs> when Click is, on it. Click. When, when is the Gungan Frontier animated series coming out? I need some levity here. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, I think also including you, was like, I can't wait to get some levity after the heaviness yeah. that was Andor. Yeah, yeah, We're getting yeah. into back into a cartoon. And here we are being like, sad Cody's probably going to die. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay, so if the next episode ends with an execution, then we're going to be like on a little bit of a trope, I feel like. So hope, I mean, mm. there's going to be 14, there are 13 more episodes. So like, I'm sure there's going to be some lighthearted adventures in there somewhere. Maybe a pod race. You never, you know, who knows? Mm. We'll see. Yeah. Next week, give us filler. Give us villain of the week. Give us everything we said we didn't want last <laughs> week. Give it to us. We need it. I spoke too soon. To give us Din and Grogu for two episodes. Oh my God. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> if they totally left, left turn. All right, listeners, what do you think Cody is doing next? Is he walking off into the sunset or is he going to be crashing his boss's hay blibber? You let us know <laughs> on Twitter. We are Krypton Alderon. No two, but just search for Krypton to Alderon. It, You'll find us on it Twitter. It wouldn't fit. <laughs> too many A's in Alderon. Not one, <laughs> not two, three. So hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Leave a review wherever you're listening to the show. Comment, like, subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. And we'll see you, or you'll listen to us, next week on Krypton to Alderaan for episode four of The Bad Batch. We can't wait to have you back. I've been Royce. I've been CC1226. <laughs> and we've been Krypton, Krypton to Alderaan. That's low-hanging fruit. <laughs>